Hello, and welcome to Good and Decent, a Grotto podcast. This is episode 15, Occupation Proclamations. Hello, senior video producer Josh Long here. Long time, no see. You probably noticed already, but we've changed some of our branding and titling, and I wanted to be the first to tell you that we're adding a new podcast to this feed to coexist alongside Good and Decent. We hope to start dropping something in this feed every two weeks, and our new podcast, brand new podcast, called Don't Say Adulting, will be a big part of that. But more on that later. Today, on this episode of Good and Decent, we're going to talk about two people who chose the route less traveled. Two people who left a security net to pursue something greater. Our in-house video team here at Grotto recently went to Chicago to gather just such a story. It was at a restaurant called Mis Moles. The owner, Euphemia had started this business from scratch after she left her position at the restaurant Frontera under famous chef Rick Bayless. When Euphemia quit, it wasn't out of spite or anything, but out of passion. She didn't want to work with Rick Bayless's recipes anymore. She wanted to focus on her family's recipes. My mom, very, very strong, and, uh, and she had a big family, too. So I remember everything from work, car, and everything, and I'm trying like, like her. I'm trying to do everything like her because uh, I worked so hard here for many, many years in the kitchen. Uh, I learned a lot of food and other jobs. But when I want to uh, open my restaurant, before I think uh, sell other food. But now, I say, why? <laughs> I have the best recipes. <laughs> the best recipes home. This whole story takes place in one of those small okay. corner store Chicago eateries. You know, one of those buildings that sticks all the way out to the curb on both sides. We were out there dodging traffic to try to get wide shots of the building. Uh, we have uh, three different mole, mole rojo, that's what I make it, mole verde, and mole pipián. Everybody in Mexico is fantastic. Everybody likes the mole rojo. Okay, now the bananas. 
The homemade mole sauce is the whole point of the operation here. It's the thick, creamy, rich, dark sauce that you put on everything from enchiladas, burritos, all that stuff. Half of our video crew followed Euphemia around the kitchen as she prepared a new batch of mole sauce. The other half got B-roll of the restaurant and started interviewing employees. For Julio and Maritza, Euphemia is their boss and also their mom. You guys feel like you have a family pride, all like work together in this way? Or? We're always together. We're always together. When my mom decided to open this restaurant, she said, are you guys all in it? Are you guys are gonna have my back? Are you guys gonna be here? And we all said yes. We all have our regular jobs, and then we come <laughs> straight here just to support everybody. It's how to make a little sweet. The banana and the chocolate and the risings, it's gonna be a little sweet. A little cinnamon. And she is one of the only ones that memorize all the recipes. So she's one of the only ones. So when we go to parties or when we celebrate something, my mom is the one that makes the mole that reminds of grandma. So every birthday or Christmas, a mole was our traditional to-go dish. Had to fry all peppers. So it's four, four different peppers. Bread so, okay. The, the crackers, peanuts, sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds, and the bread is, is gonna be make a little heavy. Stuff is ready. Only the, the the chocolate is gonna be melted with the stuff warm. When I live with my mom, I'm start cooking by when I have like 13, 14 years of starting in the kitchen because we have um, 13 brothers, so big a big family. So everybody had to work. So my mom, she make. Uh, the best food and I've learned from him. Your daughter was saying you work really hard too, so I think that came across. Yes. Okay, so when this everything ready, I'm wait uh, maybe one hour for the chicken bread. because we never lost faith. Like, we came here with, you know, my mom came here with her American dream. She came here, she's like, I know I can do it. I'm gonna trust on this. And she made it. 
it finally be one of her dreams coming true. Like, she's helped us so much that there's no way we couldn't even be here. That's what makes the family. Yeah. That's what makes family. So that's why. And I'm so happy because I have my daughters, my son, my everybody, my family here every day, and my sisters and on the weekend, so happy. Before we packed up to head back to South Bend from Chicago, we got to eat the food. And if you listen closely, you might just hear producer Kevin DeClue enjoying his first bite. You just act like you're getting fried rice. Mmm. guys remember that one time we were at me Smolly's restaurant obviously for the whole day but at some point you guys got stopped by a couple of patrons who were like yo this is legit yeah no they were talking to um the the people that worked there and then they saw the cameras and they kind of looked to the camera and he was like this is the best mexican food in chicago yeah and he he also said i've been everywhere and this is the best. Like Johnny best. Cash? <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the best mole. What else did they say? They got into a little bit of the Rick Bayless stuff too, didn't they? I think we barely caught it. But yeah, he mentioned the, the Bayless connection and just really talked up the food and euphemia. So I, don't, so I know I looked him up now, Rick Bayless. Mm-hmm. but Brother of Skip Bayless. <laughs> which basketball I didn't sports analyst. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Much maligned. I did not know that either, and oh. I probably should have. So, who's Rick Bayless for those who don't know? <laughs> I don't know, he's some chef guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rick That's Bayless is a very prominent chef in Chicago, and from what I understand, his restaurant is named Frontera, and they make a lot of Mexican cuisine, I think. So, obviously, Euphemia. So obviously Euphemia was working for him. She's very knowledgeable in traditional Mexican cuisine and chose to like kind of turn her life. Like he's a very, like he's famous. And that's kind of what we were taken aback by. Like these people on the street were like, yeah, Rick Bayless's restaurant. And we didn't necessarily even know who that was. Yeah, didn't skip. Yeah, Yeah, but it, it was very cool to hear. Um, just her desire to do her own thing and to have that control, even though she really enjoyed working there. And obviously it was a very prestigious place in the restaurant world. Again, I also don't know much about the restaurant world, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think like the very opening of the film, the short film, she's like, we have that soundbite of her where she's like, at first I wanted to just sell all the food. That's what I wanted to do. But then she's like, why? I have the best recipes and the best recipes home. Mm-hmm. So like she figured out, you know, that, you know, it wasn't about the accolades or whatever or the biggest restaurant. She's like, she just wanted to be with her family. You would have thought we like wrote that line for her. Right. It's pretty powerful and great, but I would be amiss to sit 
to not mention that I'm in the studio right now with the whole in-house video team at Grotto. Jane, associate producer, Kevin, producer, and we're just going to talk a little bit about it was what it was like to be there because you just heard the credits roll on that Grotto story. We produced it together, and I think it's one of the my favorite parts about the story isn't in the story at all. It's how we landed the story. Jane, do you remember how we even came into contact with Mies Moles? Yeah, well, we have a coworker who is based out of Chicago, and he came in one day and was like, I think I have a story for you guys, possibly. Um, he'd been having car troubles, and so he dropped his car off at a Firestone, <clears throat> and right across the street, there was this restaurant, Mies Moles, and... Mike loves food. He loves food. And so uh, he, he really loves food. Yeah. <laughs> um, I spend most of my days just editing him talking Eating about food. food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's from Chicago. And so, he, you know, he, he's never seen this place. He goes across the street, tries it, and comes back and is like, it was the best mole I've ever had in my life. Did he say which mole he got because there's the mole rojo there's like two other types in the video yeah, there's the green the verde yeah i want to say it's and the rojo but i don't know if he specified i think he just said he seems like the kind of guy who would get like the house special like whatever they said was the best he'd be like yeah hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. and it was so much that he even i think talked to them afterwards and told them and then brought the story to us and then yeah. um we and we brought him up again and i don't remember if he joined us for the premiere but um they were very thankful to to mike for making this connection I want to use this moment since we brought up Mike organically. Maybe have a little commercial for the next <laughs> upcoming podcast that's going to be on this feed. Um, Jane is, I don't want to say lead host, but co-host with Mike is, mm. you know what? I'll just let you explain. What is this podcast? I can't yeah. wait for it, Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike and I are going to be, or we have started a new podcast called Don't Say Adulting. Uh, nothing to do with food, really. I think we <laughs> we talked about well, food once. There was, yeah. Yeah, there was, there was a food episode. And yeah, this just came about because I recently graduated college, entering the workforce, had all these really mundane questions that I didn't even realize I didn't have the answers to and would just ask my, my coworkers who were a little more experienced in life and they would, they almost seemed surprised in some ways that I didn't know this stuff. There was this mutual acknowledgement of like wow they really don't teach you some of these things like what is a 401k and how do you you know cook for one person <laughs> all right your 30 mm -hmm. seconds oh is yeah sorry up. this was this was very long but basically <laughs> I joking, we i was i was like wouldn't it be fun if i you know had a millennial co-host we chatted about these things and then we brought on someone who's actually an expert and we you know grilled them got the hot goss Kevin and I have been listening, watching, helping produce you more than me, Kevin. But you vouch for the show, right? It's a great show. I will. I will. <laughs> Kevin DeClute. It's a great it's show. It's a great show. I will. Uh, I will be laughing, trying not to be heard in the mics. You know, while I'm switching the cameras and stuff. And then again, when I'm like going back and watching it a second time and editing it, you guys still cracking me up. So. So. I, I feel like Green's about to cry. It's, fun. it's, a, fun, it's a fun watch. <laughs> I had to step away for a second. <laughs> Going back to Mies Moles and our story here at Good and Decent, Kevin, you have covered tons of stories and businesses over the years. 
was there a difference with Mis Moles? Like we spent the day, our little micro crew just kind of crammed into the restaurant. They were very, very hospitable to us, you know? Like, Extremely hospitable. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like, like if you went to your friend's house and his mom was cooking and she was just like, try this, try this. Like, you no, know, you're not, you know, just like the nicest, your nicest friend's grandma was like there with us all day long. So yeah, it was different in that regard for sure. And any time you're in like a restaurant, you always feel like you're in the way. There's nowhere you can stand that's not going to be like where a hot pan is turning around Soup right in front through. of you. Yeah, so sizzling fajitas yeah. everywhere. <laughs> but so it'd be even if it, for a nice person it'd be easy to like get like a glare if you're just standing in the right the wrong place at the wrong time, but they were just so nice about everything and having the cameras in there and um, and we tried to be, you know, more fly on the wall a little bit, but you know, you're, you're in there with a little camera rig. You're obviously going to be in the way a little bit, but yeah, they were great. This isn't a commercial for me, small ace. We're not <laughs> sponsored for, by them in any way, but I, you should really go there if you're in Chicago and it's like in your path at all. I think we all highly suggest the food and like the people yeah. and and a great firestone across the street. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah, are you sure? <laughs> he didn't review the car place, but yeah, you know. He, he never mentioned that firestone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a two in one deal over we, there. We didn't yeah. do a story on the firestone. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I noticed too is like a lot of times patrons at a place you might be covering feel weird and like probably most likely don't want to be seen on camera eating or even what they're doing out in public. But it seemed like everyone we came across like wanted to tell us something about how awesome this place was. And we didn't include any of that. We didn't have any like forms for them to fill out. We, it was never part of our plan. Right. Yeah. And it it wasn't, it wasn't like overly packed. This isn't like, you know, the secrets out and everyone is like in line waiting for them to open every day at lunch. Like it was, there's people in there, but it wasn't jam packed. But you're right. But the people that were there were like, "Yeah, this place is amazing. Like, best kept secret type of thing." But I didn't even no know. Longer. I gotta admit, I didn't know what mole was when we started talking about this. Like, Miss Mole. Okay, is that like their name or whatever? like is that her name? And then, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> is it? Is her name Miss Mole? Right. Like maybe that's her last name, Mole. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what mole was. Like Chef Boyardee, you know? Uh, but then really I realized, funny. oh, I've eaten this before. It's just like the sauce. But I had no idea like what went into making it. And that was like kind of our focus going into it was we want to get there early before they open to see like them make the mole and like everything that goes in it into it. And we talked to them on the phone. I think you talked to them, Josh, about like, okay, how long do we need to get there before they open? And it was hours like this, like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. just to put like the sauce on the chicken like yeah takes hours every day and it was just so many ingredients and you know when i was editing that part of the video of like her grabbing the ingredients and putting them in the bowls and stuff it was like okay i didn't have it would have been like an extra 10 minutes of the film if I would have put in every ingredient yeah, like in the edit because it was just like one thing after the next after the next like holy cow it is like a kitchen sink recipe yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I still think that and that was I think our most frequent comment on it was people being like I didn't know this XYZ was in mole Mm -hmm. what's your guys favorite thing 
in there. Well, I mean, the bananas were pretty awesome. That was yeah. <laughs> when she threw the bananas into the like hot uh, oil or whatever. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, but the sounds too, like all the sounds of everything was. I was weirdly fascinated with throwing bread into burning yeah. oil. Right, uh, not burning oil, but bubbling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just very strange. I don't know. And the chocolate. Yeah, there's chocolate yeah. in it, and all sorts and of other pumpkin stuff. seeds. Yeah, yeah. seeds oh, yeah. and nuts Cinnamon. and crackers, just saltines. Right. And the pepper, <laughs> the peppers. We didn't oh, yeah. even mention the peppers. Right. Tons of peppers, different kinds. I think that's what that's the difference between mole. Isn't it something about how they use the peppers? I don't quite know. I'm out of my depth here. I shouldn't have started the sentence, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. But pretty soon here we're gonna be tossing to another story about someone changing occupations based on like their passions. I was thinking about naming this episode Occupation Proclamation. <laughs> Occupational hazard. No. <laughs> It's a, good, it's a good rhyme. <laughs> That's about all it's got going for it. <laughs> that might be the final <laughs> title you see here. I, um, I just showed you guys the story about Ford Wyatt a minute ago. Jane, do you have any words for the listener before we get into this? Should I explain the story or kind of set it up as... I was just thinking about like a one or two second quip. Yeah. Um, okay, give me a minute. so ford wyatt uh this young guy was sort of reflecting on his 20 year old self and what he thought was his inevitable path into the oil industry but was changed by a magical trip anytime someone says inevitable i want to do like the thanos snap (laughs) (laughs) i don't know I thought you were giving me the time cut off (laughs) winding you down (laughs) wrap it up Thank you guys for joining me in studio. For the listener, hope you enjoy this grotto story. Imagine you're 20 years old and that your parents worked in the oil and gas business, your grandparents worked in the oil and gas business, and that you're about to take a summer internship in the oil and gas business. And you're wondering, is this for me? I was very set in wanting to do something that was traditional. In order to get a job after college, you need to get an internship your junior summer, and in order to get a good internship your junior summer, you need to get a good internship your sophomore summer. At the same time, you know, you always sit there and you ask like, what else is there? What else can I be doing? For Ford, it sounded ludicrous at first when his friends approached him with a quote unquote plan. They wanted him to spend the summer traveling and having fun. 
they'd be essentially thousands of miles away from any of the internships Ford applied to. So they came to me and said, Ford, we want to do this crazy backpacking trip through South America. They didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't know where they were going to be going or like what kind of adventures they were going to be having. They just wanted to go and just explore and experience. It sounded just frankly kind of incredible. It's somewhat of a societal pressure that you feel. If I was going to miss this summer, I would be passed up. Just another engineer that didn't have the same credentials as another engineer. My dad had said it's okay, my mom said it's okay, and so then I told myself, I think this is going to be okay. There are these islands sort of sprinkling Lake Titicaca, and some of them are pretty far out in the lake. This place, we hiked to the top just as the sun was setting. I got hit by a gust of wind, and I just said, wow. Um, it was absolutely gorgeous. Light just piercing through these clouds that were really like almost staccato. And the combination of like this deep blue lake and this bright orange, golden, yellow sun, it, it looked like it was just vibrating. It just had this incredible um, intensity to it. I, I practice, I practice meditating. Um, and so in that moment, what we did is uh, focused on breathing in just pure, good gratitude intention and putting it into the earth. I know it sounds a little, it can sound a little cheesy, but it felt, you could feel it. I felt it. Thinking about just how much time it had taken for these islands and lakes and mountains to form millions of years, billions of years, and how little time that I was here, that made me feel small. We forget to see the big picture. We forget to see Earth as a whole, and we lose our sort of sense of self. Oil ran in my blood. It was what my family had done. I didn't really think of it as something, I don't want to say negative, because I still don't think of it as negative. I just think of it as something that needs to be changed, just a paradigm that needs to be changed. So when it came time to get another job the next summer, I decided pretty firmly that life's too short. I've got to be doing something that, you know, I do my part. So I decided I love energy. I know energy. I've worked in energy. So I want to do renewable energy. My dad said, renewable energy is going to be harder. Is this really what you want to do? And I said, yeah, yeah. I have power to change how much we pollute and the way we use energy and the way we think about the world. That's where I do have power. And that's where maybe people can feel big. Um, you know, nature has its own ways. Grotto Network is Javi Zubi Zaretta, director, Josh Long, senior producer, Jesse McCartney, senior content editor, Becky Rogers, art director, 
Mike Rossetti, Senior Manager for Community Engagement, Adrian Garaldi, Social Media Manager, Michaela Douglas, Web Content Strategist, Kevin DeClute, Video Producer, Jane O'Connor, Associate Video Producer. Yay. Okay, is that it? Yeah.